Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Count Raven. Count Raven is a Swedish doom metal band that began in 1989. From 1990 to 1996, the band released four studio albums, then broke up in 1998. The band reunited in 2003, and this year have released The Sixth Storm, a tremendous album. And here is my interview with Count Raven. Hey, Bob. How you doing? All right. Good to hear you. I managed to join the call at last. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate it. I want to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. No problem, and thanks for being so gener generous and changing the time also. I just rem uh, remembered yesterday that I had this concert to go to today, so oh shit. Oh, not a problem at all. I wanted to, I wanted to congratulate you on The Sixth Storm. It's a great album, cover to cover. Oh, thank you, thank you. How was the recording process this time around? Uh, very slow. <laughs> we started in February... 2019 and did all the basic tracks bass and drums and a guy guitar we did that in one weekend uh dan dan was supposed to do uh, his part of the recording at home and in various studios here in stockholm but he was quite slow with it and he had some health problems then his wife died <laughs> in september 2019 and then the pandemic hit so it took from start to finish two and a half years and I mean, it shouldn't really take that long. You should be able to whack it out in a couple of months, three, four months tops, I think. But there were a lot of like uh, circumstances that, that made it slow, delayed. I wanted to talk to you about Baltic Storm. It's my favorite track on the album. Okay. Um, how did that story come about? That's one of the oldest songs on the record. I think Dan wrote it over 10 years ago. And uh, it's about this, uh, this cruise ship that sank in 1994, I think it was. I think it was around 900 people that lost their lives, a lot of Swedes and also people from Estonia. And um, Dan had neighbors that died in the disaster and the, his kids had friends at school that died. And so he, he wrote this, well, it's a fictional, it's a fictional song, but based on a, on an actual event. So it deals with the grief and the loss of, of, of people. And uh, it was never my favorite song on the record. I think it's very powerful, but I think it's not my go-to track. It's my go-to track somewhere older than Blood Pope and the ending. But mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of people have said in both interviews and uh, in reviews how much they like Baltic Storm. So it's funny. The... Um... Melody line and the uh, initial riff on the track, I think, is um, one of the reasons it's so appealing to me. Hmm. Yeah, I like that also. And I like the interlude in the middle. Yes. And then we go back to the main riff and it just crushes. Really like to play that part. I wanted to ask you, was Goodbye written as a finale to the album or was it just... It just worked out that way as a finishing track. Well, Dan wrote it as therapy, therapy really, 
uh, in honor of his dead wife. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure that he was that he intended to include it. But I said, of course, we include it as a tribute to Christina, as she was known. Uh, and you you need to put a track called Goodbye. You need to put it last, don't you? You can't, you can't, you can't really start the album with a track like that because it kind of is a very unusual track, even for this band, I think. Yes. And uh, Dan recorded all of that uh, with with synths and different like classical uh, sounds, piano, strings and everything. And they recorded it in like two days or something. It's really quick. And uh, are most of your lyrical inspirations based upon um, events in your lives? Or are they a lot of it derived from uh, like books or reading that you do? Mm, Dan writes all the lyrics, but there's always an inspiration. For example, the song The Curse, mm-hmm. where he talks about social media and how, how, how dangerous it can be to be sucked into a, a world that doesn't really exist. Because you can, anyone can pretend to be anyone on social media, so it can can be a bit a bit um, deceptive, and that's funny because we rely on social media ourselves to reach out to our audience via Facebook and Instagram. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's dangerous if if you use it with with care. You know, then other songs are written like a song like the ending. I don't even know what it's, what it's about. <laughs> I think Blood Pope is a. I think that's, uh, let me put it this way. Dan was afraid that the Vatican would sue us because of Blood Pope. You can't call the song Blood Pope. Yes, you can, I said. I don't think that anyone in the Vatican will ever listen to Count Raven. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Odin is based on uh, the Nordic religion. Also true, it's called. I also wanted to ask you, um, as I said before, this album is great from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, um, did you have a good sense of how this great this album was sounding as you were uh, putting it together? No, you never know that until you have the final mix in your hands. I've been doing loads of recordings with different bands over the years, and it's a process. It never, when you get the first rough uh, tracks after the first tracking, it always sounds horrible. But then you go through the, the mixing process and uh, that took some time. I think we, I think the final mix is probably the eighth or ninth or maybe even the 10th mix. There's always stuff to tweak, you know? So you mm-hmm. never know until you have the finished product. Yeah. That's how it usually is. But I've, I've been recording with a punk band before and then we recorded and mixed an album in, in two weekends. So this was a bit slower than that, a bit longer process. Um, I wanted to also ask you, will you tour the album? There's no plans right now, uh, first of all, because of the pandemic and uh, things can close down again. Uh, And also Dan has had some health problem. He's had a heart problem that needs some attention. So I'm not going to propose any gigs until he's 100% well. And this band has had a wild history. Can you uh, take me a bit through it? Uh, which one? Sorry, I didn't catch you there. Um, your history has seen a lot of changes. I wanted to know if you could take me through it as the band uh, went through its progressions. Mm, yeah, this band has 
come and gone a few times, I think. I think uh, Dan put the band on hiatus in 96 after Messiah of Confusion. And I think that the drummer and the bass player, the original ones, they left then. And then he put it together again, briefly again in 2003, I think. But then there were there were offers for a re- reunion in 2004 or 5. So they did some some touring then, some mini tours. But then things started to fall apart again with the, the, the drummer and the bass player. And then Jens came into the band in 2009, I think it was, and they recorded Mammon's War okay. with, uh, with the guy called Fredrik on bass guitar. And he's now the drummer of Angel Witch. Uh, Fredrik is. Uh, and then they toured a bit after Mammon's War, and then they lost steam again. Uh, I got to know the guys in 2014-15 because my punk band was playing in the room next to Count Ravens. So we used to see them there all the time. And then the bass player left. The original bass player who had come and gone three, four times. He left for the final time and then I offered my services. And this was in the summer of 2016. but, But by then the band was virtually dead. There was nothing going on. No gigs planned. No, no record contract. Nothing. So I started working on that, and we did gain a lot of attention when I started up the Facebook page in late 2016. We got some really good bookings then, some really good festivals, and then uh, we started working on the new record, uh, rehearsing, recording demos, and shopping around for record contract, and that took ages, but we finally made it. I wanted to ask you, uh, I know in my first listen. Um, to the album, mm-hmm. um, it very ha- had a very uh, Sabbath Volume Four uh, type feel to it. Um, is Sabbath a big influence to the band? Yeah, obviously, any doom band must be influenced by Sabbath or the Lying. But I get what you what you're saying there because the sound is a bit murky if you compare it to the. The last one we did, Mammoth's War, that's that's clearer sounding and more bigger sounding, but we wanted a more vintage sound on this one. Uh, so, yeah, I get the comparison. But we, we get our influences from, from all sorts of places. But Dan is the main songwriter, and he writes his song in a certain style. But like you say, any Doom band is going to got to have to be uh, influenced by Sabbath. And... Uh... Speaking of your history, 1989 seems like a world away. Um, I wanted to know uh, what changes in the industry um, affected the band the most? I think, uh, I don't think that they were very good businessmen back in the day. Uh, uh, I'm not sure about if they had a manager, but I think that they were also a bit ripped off by an old record company they had in the mid-90s. And there was also some rumblings within the band with the past members. Uh, but back then, you could sell CDs, which you hardly do today. So that's a, that's a big change in the industry, I think, that it's much, much harder to sell CDs in these days than it was in 1993, 94, when CDs had just come on the market. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, the digital age has really changed things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what was your proudest moments as an artist? Uh, I think when I did manage to get attention from festivals such as, well, for me personally, or the band, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask you, I'll answer for me personally. There was when I started the Facebook page in, in November 2016, and within a couple of days, we had two really, really good festivals booked. One of them was called Fall of Summer in Paris, and the other one was Hammer of Doom in, in Germany. So working with that and getting everything organized and playing those gigs, that's probably my proudest moment so far in, in Count Raven. And also getting this new album out, because um, I did a lot of work on it. And you have to be very happy with the reviews it's getting. Absolutely. I, I, also, there's so many reviews. I think I've read like 50, 60 reviews so far. I, I had no idea. Maybe we'll get five, six reviews from some underground magazines, but there's some some big mags that have picked up on it also, and the reviews have been fantastic. So I'm super happy with that. And I also wanted to ask you, could you uh, walk me through the cover art for the album? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're asking the right person, because I'm behind that also, as you may guess. (laughs) Uh, I went to an art museum here in Stockholm three years ago with my girlfriend. And um, that painting was just randomly placed on a wall. Uh, And I looked at it and I said to my girlfriend, that's the next Count Raven album cover. uh, Because it looked so good with the archway and everything. Mm. It ties in with the first two albums, Storm Warning and Destruction of the Void, if you know about them. They also have that that golden archway. And uh, it's a very small painting. It's only like... 30 by 20 centimeters or something. But I contacted the museum and bought the rights uh, to use it. And um, the painting is actually called Young Man Writing by Candlelight. And it was painted by a Dutch artist called Toussaint Gelton uh, in 1663. And I've seen, there's not much we know about it really this really we have no idea who the person is or why he painted it or is this a prominent person like what's whether she stand in society we don't know anything about it sadly but i just thought that it fit perfectly as a cover and are there any tracks that didn't make the album because the out al- the album's a long one um it i is. wanted to know is everything out there uh, yeah, it's a 73-minute beast of an album. We actually had one more track recorded and mixed. Uh, so we had 10 tracks. But that would have made it like 80, 82 minutes. And you can only fit 74, 20 or 74 and a half minutes or something. So one track had to go. Uh, and that was a hard decision, really. Uh, because I wanted the track, the ending, to be left off and this other track to go on but mm. when I just listen to them on repeat for days and then i realized that the ending is actually a more a track that grows on me more than the other one so there is one more track that's recorded and mixed and that will be put out uh, in the future uh, at some point maybe on the next album or we do an ep that's not been decided yet so there was one more recording yeah and i also wanted to ask you um 
Due to the length of the album, will you be able to do a vinyl pressing of it? Yes, that's uh, actually active at the factory right now. When we did deliver the final mixes to the record company in that was late June, I think this year, uh, the record company sent them off to for manufacture uh, CD, cassette, and vinyl. But the waiting times for vinyl is just insane. We were told. First, we were told six months, and then we were told seven months, then we were told eight months. So it looks like we will have a vinyl release in March or April. So it's actually at the factory being pressed right now, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I talked to uh, uh, Wicked Smile mm -hmm. uh, this week, and uh, they were telling me that uh, they went to an actual vinyl uh, factory, and uh, there's only two guys there working. Mm, yeah, well, a lot of the vinyl factories closed down in the late '90s, early '90s, I guess. But the reason, one reason why the waiting times are so long is that Adele, the singer Adele, has ordered five hundred thousand copies of her own vinyl because she didn't want to wait. She wanted to release the vinyl at the same time as the CD. So she's taking up a lot of the space for the vinyl factors right now. Wow. I just, yeah, I just read that the other day and I told a record company about it and he didn't even know it himself. So 500,000 vinyls. And she obviously she's paid extra to have it made quickly, but that means everyone else have to wait. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Adele is good, but not that good, you know? No, back off a bit. <laughs> we want to yeah. out. But we, so we, we just we discussed together with the record company what do we do? Do we wait until April and release CD, cassette, and vinyl at the same time? But we thought, hell no, we this, I mean, this is already delayed one and a half years. We have we have to release it now and then we'll do the vinyl when we get it. We're gonna do a, a vinyl re release of Mammoth's Warhols at the same time. Great, yeah. I also wanted to ask you, um, we talked a bit about Sabbath. Are there, can you give me some other artists that inspired you to get into the metal music scene? Well, for me personally, I started listening to metal in the early 80s, like 83-ish. And the first ones I listened to, obviously the ones that were really popular at the time, Iron Maiden, Saxon, Judas Priest. Uh, so that was that's what started me really in ACDC and learning how to play guitar. I actually knew about 80 ACDC songs inside out on my guitar. That's how I, I learned how to play. Uh, but then I took a bit of a pause from metal music in uh, in the 90s. Um, there was nothing exciting coming out, so I listened more to blues, Jimi Hendrix, Steve Ray Vaughan, that kind of thing. A lot mm -hmm. of the Beatles. Then, like, I think the turning point for me to go back to metal was when Bruce Dickinson came back to Maiden in 98, 99. Then, I, then it started to become interesting again. Then, I, of course, I listened to a lot of thrash metal also, like Testament, I think is the best thrash band. I recently rediscovered Megadeth also. But my, my taste is, is wide. As I told you before, like today I went to a classical uh, concert uh, with just piano and flute for two hours. So I can listen to anything and everything, really. 
Yeah, good music is good music, no matter Absolutely. what. Yep. No matter what way it comes across. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you also, uh, what's the best way to get merchandise for the band? Well, to order through us because it's you can you can obviously get the album from Amazon, I guess, or or directly from the record company. But the t-shirts, t-shirts and patches, hats and whatever we have, it's only us ourselves that are selling it so you can go on our facebook page or our instagram page or you can email us at countravendoom at gmail.com and we'll handle it and i wanted to ask you um what can fans look for next well they can look hope hopefully they won't have to wait another 12 years to the next album we have plans. We actually had, when we rehearsed for this one, we had six or seven more songs that we rehearsed. Uh, and then we made a, like a short list of nine, ten songs to record. So we have we have another album already written, really. We don't know if we're going to do a full-length one at once or if we're going to do an EP or maybe a split single. But I hope we can put something out in about a year from now, I hoped to, but I, I also hope that the Sixth Storm will be released in 2019. So we'll see. But it's not going to take 12 years, right? And I think uh, even though that album did take a long time to get out, it's definitely uh, well worth the wait. It's oh. like I say, it's thoroughly enjoyable, top to bottom. There are no filler tracks or anything like that on this mm. album. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm humbled. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give a message to your fans, what message would you give them? Ooh, uh, hard one. But in this day and age, I have to probably say, think for yourself, stand up for yourself, because no one's going to do it for you. Don't let the authorities think for you or decide what to do. Stand up for yourself and think for yourself. And keep an open mind and be critical. Just because you read something on the internet doesn't believe doesn't make it true, you know? Right. And also, obviously, thank you so much for your support. It's been, I mean, it's it's a difficult band to follow. I know that because we go silent, we go radar silence for six years without anything. I know this. So I I'm really want to send a message also to all the fans and supporters for sticking with us and, and coming back to us again. Um, Dan also, we talked a lot about this, Dan is really, really humbled with the support that he's gotten and all the reviews and the attention also from this. We never thought it would be this big, really. Well, it's uh, well-deserved. Um, you know, uh, one of the positives that did come from COVID is uh, some of the best albums Yes, have come out this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all of a sudden, all these bands had all this time on their hands when there was no touring, so everyone could record like crazy instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think uh, the time was uh, definitely not wasted on this one, and uh, that's why I wanted to get it out there and mm -hmm. uh, give people a chance to take in this album because it's uh, well worth the time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's I know it's a long one, but 
we couldn't really cut much fat off the songs. They, I mean, we're doomed. The, so, the, the songs are supposed to be long and slow. And, uh, and also, it doesn't, at listen, it doesn't sound long. Because yeah. it, you, you're left way more at the end. <laughs> yeah. So. I agree. Well, thank you, my friend, for taking time to speak with me. I truly enjoyed our conversation, and I hope that you'll keep me updated at any new news that comes about. Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. I'm, I'm really humbled by the, by the interest in the band. Well, um, you have a great rest of your day. I know uh, you've already had a busy day. So, yeah. Uh, it's 7.30 here in Sweden, so it's not going to be long left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my day, my day's just uh, just getting started. Yeah. So where are, you, <laughs> where, where are you, by the way? I'm in Ohio in the United States. Okay, cool. Home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or supposed Rock and Roll Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I may have been to Ohio once. I landed in Cincinnati the first time I went to the States, but maybe that's not in Ohio. It's close to it, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, you take care, my friend, and uh, I will send you links and posts um, when I put this up up on the Internet and um, so you can share as well. Absolutely. That's going to be great. All right. You take care. Cheers. Cheers, Bob. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.